The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Well, back-to-back days, uh, we have some KU breaking news. We didn't get to it yesterday, but the big breaking news for KU is that uh, their old head men's basketball coach, I mean, we're just talking just weeks after the slap on the wrist from the old Adidas investigation. There's been an amendment to the... Just back it up. Bring it in. Come on, back it up. The Brinks truck. There's been an amendment to uh, the Bill Self contract, the lifetime contract, the five-year amendment is that he's going to be making a Brinks truck load more of money, which will now be $13 million in compensation this year and a $53 million contract over those next five years, which is a gigantic, huge bump in pay. Yeah. Meanwhile, the breaking news today is that well, K-State football is now $53 million short again of those uh, football stadium renovations. <laughs> you mean KU is. Or KU, yeah, what did yeah, I say, yeah, K-State? Yeah. KU, I blew it. <laughs> I blew it. Uh, but we know what you mean, and it's yes, still Yes, exactly. That's yeah, well played. Funny. Well played. They won't. I mean, that's how it works, though, over there, at least. That's how the things work. Well, I mean, it, it would be interesting to see how much of, the, uh, of that is Adidas money. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to find it because I think Bill Self was what was he making over five million, six million dollars in the previous contract, and now he's going to be making thirteen million dollars. Yes. Yeah. If I have those numbers right, obviously that's a gigantic, gigantic race. Makes him the highest paid coach in college basketball, and actually all of college athletics. Right? Puts him above uh, in public school, public, public university. School, yeah, puts it above Calipari. And I think that there are a lot of Kentucky fans who are going, we're paying Cal how much? I know. Right I, now, I, after know, like, the last right, few years, yeah. Right now, I know that when you win, like, you should get to ride, you know, for a while. But right now, Kentucky fans, like, they, I mean, mm-hmm. you might mm-hmm. be looking for a new change here. You Or a, a new change. A, a change of scenery or something. It, it's, I don't know. Is he worth all that money, John Calipari? Right now. I don't think so. I know a couple of Kentucky fans who would say probably not. Oof. When's the last time Kentucky was in a Final Four? It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Isn't it probably the last time they won a national championship? I don't know. I'm going to look that up yeah. real quick because I'm not sure. It feels like it's... It feels like a long time. You know, I mean, you know, every time they run into K-State in the NCAA tournament, they got no shot. We womp them. Uh, last Final Four was 15. Mm-hmm. So it's eight, been eight years. Eight seasons. Coming up on... That's, that's two recruiting classes. <laughs> that's two full recruiting well, classes right there. Well, in basketball, it's eight, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in basketball, it's 55 years, basically. They haven't been there in a century. That's crazy. I mean, back in the old days, that'd be the stuff that would get Joe B. Hall fired. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not making a Final Four in that long. 
Well, welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner alongside Troy Coverdale, David G, and Owen Burke on the board all by himself today. He's doing it alone. Training wheels are off. We may need to uh, give him the old bar rescue stress test later on. <laughs> See how many phone calls we can get at one time and uh, yeah, baby. get things fired up on the Zoom. And he's trying to Crush run the music him. at the same time. Let's uh-huh. see what he can do in 30 minutes. How many drinks can he make without having to restart? You know Shut it down! Shut it down! Unfortunately, there's no shutting it down here. Dang it. We, we got to keep, keep it going. Keep it going! He gets mad, that guy. That's a pretty solid impression. Thank you. you so I love Bar Rescue, so yeah. Have you been watching the new episodes of Kitchen Nightmares? No, they're all With on? Ramsey, he, I think there's four or five new episodes, and he hasn't done it in a long time. Mm. But he started doing it again. The way they edit it now, it's not so ridiculous reality show type of stuff with the sound effects and yeah. it's like the side effects tell you how to think about sure. the situation sure. or whatever sure. it's more like when he did the british version oh, of kitchen. It. it's more like it feels more real life yeah we, he's not as crazy but he's still pretty tough were we talking in here one time he called somebody a wombat and i was like <laughs> i don't even know what a wombat what's is what's the famous gif of ramsey it's like well, the sandwich oh. one, but it's from that one's from the other show. Oh, Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen, when he took two slices yeah. of bread and, well, yeah. what are you, an, an idiot, idiot sandwich? sandwich. <laughs> Man, I love when he's, that, uh, that, there's a meme where it's like a little kid eating Play-Doh, like, finally some good food, you know? Like, he would do that in people's restaurants, like, this is hideous. He'd just take the plate and go, throw it on the table. They go, I don't think it's going good out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never going good out I, there. I think he has a restaurant now in Kansas City. Does he? I think it's like a steakhouse or something. It's like a part of a casino Ooh. or something. I have been to one of his restaurants. We'll actually ask D.Y. here in just a second about Vegas. It was in Vegas. It's his burger place at, uh, I can't remember which, now I can't remember which uh, casino it is, but it was the best burger I've ever had. It was $23. Damn. But it was the best burger I've ever had. Gourmet burger. It was be sure to huge. Ask, be sure to ask D.Y. about Wahlburgers and uh, High V. Has he ever been there? Well, you know what? If there was a time to ask him, <laughs> now's the time. Yeah! Guys, it's Wednesday. And you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight. From the Moda Center. Moda, Moda Center. And Moda. Portland, Oregon. Hmm. AEW World Championship on the line. MGF taking on Daniel Garcia. Plus, guys, we're 10 days out from AEW pay-per-view full gear from the Forum in Los Angeles, California. But that now means we're joined by Derek Young from K-State Align. D.Y., we got to ask you the question everybody wants to know. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Wahlburgers? <laughs> Uh-oh. Technical difficulties. It's okay. There we go. Hey, Owen's, no. figured, Owen's got to figure it out. It's stress doing, tests. You're doing okay. He's, he's got to figure it out on the fly. You're doing good <laughs> because you know what? Ultimately, none of this matters because we're all going to be dust in the wind one day, you know, and no one's going to remember this moment. And it could be worse. All right. Help is on the way. We're going to get this figured out. We're going to get it all figured out. Somehow it's. It's the Zoom when we have DY on or whoever on Zoom, Mason or whatever. It's the one that throws them for a loop. No, you know second. what? I think it's DY just playing cool. He's not saying yeah, a word. Playing, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to be put on the spot he's, about Wahlburgers. Oh, my God. Okay, DY, just 
It's okay. They're dude. not a sponsor of K-State Online. <laughs> okay, dude. Cool. Whatever. You're not paying to, for spots. You have to talk about them if you don't want to, man. Jeez, D.Y. But you know what? Also, I mean, Owen came to play. He's wearing a WrestleMania 6 love shirt with the Ultimate shirt. Ultimate Warrior on yeah, it. Yeah, I love that shirt. And, uh, you know, that, that it also Mach is on it. Yeah, Mach. Wait, did Mach have a match at 6? Dude, Roddy Piper. You got Big Boss Man on there, too. Pretty good. Oh, I don't know. I know Piper had a match there. Yeah, there's nothing better than just going to Target and find a random wrestling shirt. <laughs> Especially when you're not looking for it. You yeah. just go in and find the f- random ref- wrestling tee. Fantastic. Give me that one. All right, D.Y., let's, uh, let's get to the big question. I don't know if you heard, but uh, D.G. wanted to ask you a very random question. Have you ever been to Wahlburgers? Wahlburgers, the the, re- the burger place restaurant in Kansas yeah. City? Yeah, yeah, it's like you'll, you'll find them in High V. Uh, no, I thought I thought I went to like an actual place in Kansas City. Oh yeah, City. there there is that, but there is one in High V. Wait too. a minute, no, just stop it. They have a real place. Too? I've only seen yeah. the actual yeah. restaurant. Like a bar, there's a bar inside of it and everything. Yeah. Oh my god, Ooh, yeah. For All right. I'm in over my head. Dy's been to the real thing. All right, I'm done. Is it good? I I, I didn't mind it. I, it's been a while. It's been like a few years. Uh, I I misspoke. Uh, Randy Savage did wrestle Dusty Rhodes oh. at WrestleMania six. Oh. That was heel Randy Savage at the Ooh. time. So okay, excuse me. That was a mixed tag team match because Dusty Rhodes had Sapphire <laughs> and Randy Savage had Queen Sherry, Sherry Martell. So we've gotten a lot of really random things settled here before. We have. You know, this is good. This is good. Dy, how was your trip to Vegas? Uh, it was good. It it felt it felt long for some reason. I don't, I think it's because I was in Austin before it, yeah. and straight from Austin to Vegas. But it just felt like a long four or five days. I was itching to get back. <laughs> did you do any gambling? I did a little bit. I was just on the roulette table. I yeah. don't know. That's simple to me. I didn't win, so don't worry. <laughs> Vegas gets you, man. <laughs> so does that roulette table. Mm-hmm. Well, what would we have been worried about that you were done at uh, at, at K State Online? I mean, you you'd still would you would have <laughs> yeah, been, you would have kept pumping out content. Come on, uh, yeah. I guess don't don't worry that I got addicted and would be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh, the the old white ball wasn't falling in the spots. Dy wanted it on the roulette table. Meanwhile, the. Uh, the round ball at the T-Mobile Arena was not falling through the hoop for a while there for K-State basketball, losing to USC. You know, we'll keep it simple here. What were your main takeaways? You know, other than the shots not falling, right? What did you take away from that game? Yeah, the, the shots not falling is a pretty big takeaway. But they were felt like they were getting the shots that they wanted. Um, some sloppiness early on in the game. Uh, they really came apart when Tyler Perry and Cam Carter were both off the floor. I thought that's when USC made their move in separation. And defensively, uh, I just – I don't think they've liked the way that they've looked themselves. And the, both in the exhibition against Emporia where they struggled to play defense without fouling and then probably too many easy baskets against uh, USC. I think Coach Tang, we mentioned today, what, they made 15 free throws and I think 50, 50, 55 of their points – Came at the rim, so that's a grand total of seventy right there that are wow. just too easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but meanwhile, they were uh, gosh, I don't think K State actually made a mid-range jump shot. In the it's game. a bad shot too. Like 
I agree with Coach Tang. He's like, some of these were taking, you know, contested mid-range jumpers. That's the worst shot in basketball anymore if you look at the analytical data because, you know, a two at the rim is the same as a two just inside the three-point line. So taking a more challenging two-point shot in one that is contested, uh, that that's not good shot selection. So there was a bit of that. I think Arthur Kaluma got into a little bit of problems when, when that got going. Uh, so, yeah, I think they need to shoot less of those mid-range jumpers um, be, just because it's not a great shot anymore. College basketball, you really look into, um, you know, the analytics and, and everything of that nature. And it was always going to be tough to score at the rim. USC is a lot of length. I think that bothered the Wildcats a bit. At the end of the day, if you ask me to take maybe some – what do they call it? A, a silver lining. I thought Tyler Perry started to get going in the second half. That was literally my next question. I wanted to ask because that when the shots weren't falling, the, the meltdown. If you were to go with the top player of who people were melting down about the most is Tyler Perry. I mean, Coach Tang calls him possibly the best shooter in America, and he couldn't buy a shot for the first nineteen and a half minutes. But he also got off to a really slow start in the exhibition game. But what are your thoughts on him through two games? Yeah, and, and you know, two of the three games in Israel weren't ideal from a shooting perspective for him. They're going they're going to come. When he calls them the best shooter in America, that's not hyperbole. That's not him trying to just, you know, insert confidence into a player that lacks it. It's Tyler Perry's body of work. He's over a 40% three-point shooter throughout his career which is multiple seasons at North Texas and an offense that really isn't conducive to, you know, finding those shots for him. So they're going to fall. I think we start started to see some of that start to flash in the second half. And hopefully that's something that sustains and kind of grows into the next game, which is Friday night against, and you'll have to, uh, how do you pronounce it? Is it Bellarmine? Believe it's uh, Bellarmine. I, I actually I believe it's Bellarmine. I, I've mean, seen I've okay. seen Bellarmine. That's the uh, that's the popular say, I think choice. The PA got PA guy has to know though, right? Come on. Well, I've been asking. Okay, it's it's we, two we, nights away. Yeah. Well, okay, but and I'm not. I'm yeah, not, he's not PA guy. I will not be there that night because Manhattan oh. football's playing. Who's okay, gonna PA? You're, you're you're off the hook. And you probably had to prepare for PowerCat Game Day first and foremost, anyway. Yes, I, I grinded hard last night for PowerCat Game Day. That was my <laughs> that that was the big prep night. Um, but uh, so I'm off the hook Friday night. But Manhattan has a Derby. That's a pretty big one. Um, Who's going to win? Manhattan. Okay, the Derby Derby's okay, right? They're not great. Well, okay. so they got Desan Brame really going now. Um, okay. So, he's, he's, uh, yeah. And I wonder, you know, so Steve Standard's kid, Max, um, who's committed to play football at South Dakota State, he plays safety. He hurt his knee at practice last week and he did not play this past Friday. He's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, yeah, he is. He's really good. Um, and when, you know, you're going to face the biggest and maybe the best receiver uh, this year that you've seen all year in Desan Brame, who's tied in for Derby. Uh, it could get interesting. It could get interesting, but Manhattan's a little banged up too. But who isn't? So yeah, Brandon Clark's son, the quarterback of Derby, right? Yeah, I've heard he's a little bit banged up. I don't know exactly what his status is for this game Friday. Again, my preparation, I haven't really dug too deep into it yet. But Derby's also a little bit better on defense than they were week one. But this is round four in the last two years Jeez. between yeah. these two, and Manhattan's three and zero. 
you call your shot this Manhattan repeat in 6A? Um, man, <laughs> what a direction this conversation just I, right. I, I mm-hmm. reversed the QA. I'm asking you questions. Um, I, if Manhattan gets to the state championship, yes, I think they are better than all the teams out of the East. I agree. My question though is if Manhattan gets past Derby, do they play Wichita East? Wichita East is full of some athletic offensive studs. And I've been talking to Joe Schartz about this. East has an incredibly athletic quarterback. So yeah, there East were, and Northwest is pretty good too. Are they still around? Northwest is out. Uh, East beat them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Upset them. Yeah. So, well, East beat them twice this year. Yeah. So, and now Wichita East is going to play Washburn Rule. Washburn Rule's undefeated. If Manhattan doesn't turn over the football, they're going to beat Washburn Rule to be undefeated right now. So, Rule's good. Rural's good, though. Rule's capable of beating Manhattan again. They are the best team Manhattan has played def- uh, when it comes to a good defense. They, they were yeah. very good defensively. Um, but this is going to be very interesting Friday for the west side of the bracket. The west side's by far better than the east side this year. I, you know, Gardner Edgerton's defense is pretty scary. Uh, they are, yeah. I think they're by far the best defense in 6A. But, you know, Manhattan has I been... Some, I just remember them losing to late the East a couple weeks ago, and that surprised me. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's squeeze in Patrick Ngamba real quick, because he picks Duke over K-State while the Cats are trying to build that comeback against Texas. I guess I just want to touch on, did it kind of get out there a day or two early that he was going to pick Duke? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it leaked a little bit. I don't think that really had an impact on which way it was going to go or anything because I think he probably made uh, Duke aware So or before he made – because usually, you know, the kids have these announcements, but they'll inform the losing coaches and the winning coach prior to that usually. Yeah, that was a – boy, that was just another part of a really, really tough weekend for K-State fans. And uh, nobody was really talking about when it happened because we were all watching the game, and I think it, the word had got out that uh, Nagongba was going to be heading to Duke. So stinks, but Coach Tang said in a press conference earlier today they're done with 2024 until, well, then they can get after the uh, transfer portal. They're just going to take David Castillo out of high school, the rest coming out of the portal, let them focus more on the later recruiting classes and on the season. Uh, do I let's take a break when we come back let's get to football I'll have him answer the questions the big ones we've been talking about all week long on the show so far fourth down and overtime play calling we'll take a look at Baylor as well when we come back on the game Ice Cube brings us back into the game. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David David G, and Owen Burke. Joined by Derek Young from Case Online. By the way, a little over an hour from now. What? Owen Burke. I mean, just the way he said it, it was you were like shocked that it was him. And it was cool. It was really funny. It was probably probably shocked I'm doing a great job is what he's shocked of. Minus the whole Zoom thing. Yeah, boy. Careful. Okay. Dude. Let's backpedal a little bit. You did just botch getting DY on a few seconds ago. <laughs> we got K-State men's basketball versus Bellarmine tickets for Friday night. We're giving those away in a little over an hour from now. So 
Make sure you're tuned in. I got four nice. to give away, and they're pretty good seats, if you ask me. So, yeah, if uh, Mitch is giving them away, you know they're going to be like, front row, baby. Well, not maybe. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, they are aisle seats. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> They're not quite front row. Okay. But, but easy access to the aisleway. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Now we're talking. Will you have to stand up and uh, let people through? It depends. <laughs> That's up to you. Uh, we're back with Derek Young from Kaysen Online. Hey, D.Y., let's jump into football. Take me back to post-game when Ben Sennett is talking to the media and he was a little unhappy with you and the others there and maybe some of the fans for criticism uh, about Will Howard. Was that an intimidating moment? It was uh, a surprising moment. And I I don't know if it was directed at me. Um, I can't really remember any moments where I was that critical of Will Howard and I think any criticism was pretty fair and measured. Um, it's not like I've been pining for Avery Johnson to be the starter. I think some of the fan base has, and maybe that tendency to leap to that, you know, desire could, could bug, could bug them a little bit. Cause he, you know, he was pretty adamant about Will Howard being the starting quarterback during that whole spiel as well. So, um, I, I don't know who it was directed at, especially the media. I know some fans can get carried away a little bit, but it was more startling and surprising than I would say intimidating. I think he's directed at Cole Manbeck. I think two weeks in a row on PowerCat <laughs> Game Day, he said start Will How or start uh, Avery Johnson. Oh boy, did he? I don't really recall that either. I think once he did, maybe oh not boy. twice, but once. And the know. guys you're, walked. You're just they throwing coal under the bus here. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, the, the, the auto's it already played. It's out there. Let's light him up some more. Hey, um, so dealing with the offense, Will Howard, there were two criticisms, obviously. Let's get to the first one. Let's go straight to fourth down in overtime. Cats going on fourth and four. Don't get it. Lose the game. Were you a fan of the call? You know, I think you can probably – you know, maybe have some criticism for the play call. Um, that's a play that works a lot for the Wildcats. It's really a rub route. They thought they were getting man coverage. Texas showed man coverage and instead flipped his own when the ball was snapped and, and took away that first read. In general, going for it, I agree. I know there's a lot of people that uh, adamantly disagree with me agreeing with going for it there, but that just feels like, you know, a situation where 
if the role was flipped, Kleiman sends Chris Tennant back out there and he misses a third kick, I think people would, you know, light him up even more for doing that. So for me, the reason why I do kind of support the choice is like after what we've kind of seen already, we've already seen Chris Tennant miss from basically that exact spot on the field. They had an extra point go awry. And then I know you're getting stops, but it felt like Texas was going to score with, you know, all the weapons that they have on offense sooner or later. So I think capitalizing at a time where they only got a field goal was the right call. You mentioned the fourth down play call. The other thing that was criticized, shouldn't say thing, person, uh, was calling Klein and the play calling. A lot of people were upset that K-State was a little bit too committed with running the football in the first half, trying to establish the run. And Chris Kleiman said, heading up into the week, they were not going to reinvent the wheel. They wanted to establish the run, so they had second and manageable, third and manageable, and made it easier to convert on third downs. Were you upset with the play calling? No, because quite frankly, I thought that was the strategy that they needed to deploy to win. Now, that plane got wrecked um, quite a bit in that first half, and and maybe they came off of it too late. But like they prob- probably thought, I didn't think Kansas State could integrate a good passing offense without the threat of a run game. And, and it was kind of true. I mean, go look at the first 10 pass plays. Kansas State didn't do anything in a passing game for the first, you know, 10 to 12 plays either. So nothing was really working. All of a sudden, they unlocked the passing game, and they did it without the threat of a running game. And I didn't think that that was going to be the case. So I guess what I'm saying is I, I understand the logic that the coaching staff applied in terms of what their game plan was. And I understand wanting to commit to it and not wanting to abandon a game plan, you know, too hastily. I think that's usually a problem that a lot of offensive coordinators run into is they abandon a game plan too quick. But they probably could have steered away from it sooner. But that's hard to judge, hard to gauge, because the passing game wasn't doing anything necessarily at that point. And at no point this season has the passing game really worked without the threat of a running game. All right, looking at Saturday, 2 o'clock kick, Power Cake game day, 10 a.m. Interesting Power Cake game day time. Um, you know, not not you know late enough to sleep in, but it's early enough. You get done at noon, perfect time for lunch. Um, but Baylor's in town. Baylor's 3-6. and six. Dave Aranda's squad is really struggling on both sides of the football. Meanwhile, K-State has dominated at home. Does K-State just destroy Baylor on Saturday? Kansas State's been dominant at home. They've been dominant against bad teams. For all intents and purposes, Baylor is a very, very bad football team. And then I'll play devil's advocate here. Losing like that, it's hard to come back, right? So Kansas State has the challenge of having to refocus after quite the heartbreaker. And I think that's probably the most heartbreaking loss that we have witnessed in the Chris Kleiman era. So Though Kansas State has been really good after losses under Chris Kleiman, uh, this one's different in its kind. Also, Baylor, and Chris Kleiman pointed this out, kind of caught me by surprise. It's accurate. It also needs to be qualified. It came against really bad football teams as well. Baylor has not lost a road game this year, which is a shocker. Only two, though. As I say, they've only played two. <laughs> but, but, they, but, but, but it's weird. You're, we're almost in the middle of November. Right. You have to 
to lose a road game, but it's because they only played four. I'm trying to think. I don't remember how the way the Cincinnati game finished, and I know that was a close one. That was uh, not too long ago, right? Two yeah. weeks ago, they won by two close, and then the other road win was that miracle against UCF after being down right. by four touchdowns. Baylor's been playing a lot lately on ESPN+, Plus, so I haven't been catching them. Yeah, no, they've played like feels like a month straight on ESPN Plus. They haven't been on like linear television in a long time. Well, thanks a lot, Baylor. We got an online game at <laughs> two o'clock uh, on Saturday. Uh, as we wrap up here, anything recruiting of note that we should mention? Get a couple of official visitors this weekend. Uh, Trey Davis, a receiver out of Texas. I think he's currently committed to Washington State. He'll be here, and then a quarterback prospect out of Minnesota, Zayshon Rich, will be will be in the the house as well. And I think potentially in a couple of weeks, when Kansas State hosts Iowa State, I believe that's the last game of the year. Obviously, that will be a big week for recruits as well. You might have Grant Bricks returning to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, hasn't been there in a while. And then Lincoln Cure, who's the number two tight end in the country in the 2025 class from Goodland, Kansas. I believe he will be there as well. All right. Good to know. D.Y., appreciate it. We got Power Cake game day Saturday morning, so I'll talk to you then. Thank you for your time. See you guys. It's Derek Young from K-State Online, back with us from Vegas, from Austin, Texas. Now he gets to hang out in Manhattan for a little while for some ball games this weekend Mm -hmm. uh, in the Little Apple. A reminder, we got K-State basketball tickets to give away in hour number two. K-State men taking on Bellarmine. In Bramlage on Friday, November 10th at 7 o'clock. Four tickets. We'll do that in about an hour. Coming up next, uh, Lance Leipold interviewing from the Michigan State job, maybe, question mark? Oh. Next. Did we have this bet yesterday? Possibly. I can't remember, to be honest. He's got a taste. I do. I try to bring good music back in every single time. You know, I never want to disappoint in that aspect. You're not. You're not. Sorry about that. You're not. Troy, have you ever heard of Justin Spiro? No, not off the top of my head. Well, he has just sent KU fans... Into well, some <laughs> into the atmosphere, in you know, some in the atmosphere, some in a downward spiral. Nice, some in denial, some saying, Whoa, 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 not so fast. You got your you got your details mixed up. Uh oh, because he earlier today sent out a seven word tweet, uh, that has really blown up in the last couple of hours. He said, quote, MSU as in Michigan State, interviewed Kansas coach Lance Leipold yesterday. Troy, is that real? Um, what, what do your sources know? I have not dug in at all to double-check well, and get DMing. in depth. I, I, mean, um, I, got, I have sources. Go ahead. What, what do the sources know? A thousand percent true. He's on his way out right now. See ya. Bye. 
and he's man, not every entire, day you see a, a yeah. you know with three weeks to go in the regular season a yep. coach uh, jumping ship. Yep, you sure don't, uh, Mitch. That's what my sources say. Right before the Texas Tech <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's folding up. Got to get started right away at Michigan State. You know, got to get on the uh, recruiting trail. There's been some KU media out there saying this is not true. He did not actually do this. He's fully planning to stay at KU. I've heard a couple of interviews that Lance Leipold has done. He's been asked about the rumors. Lance Leipold's name has been rumored for the Michigan State job since Mel Tucker lost it. He has been a favorite for the job. He is a Midwest guy, upper Midwest guy. He's a he's from Wisconsin, but he lived for a long time in in Nebraska. Uh, I don't know if he's had has he had a stop in Michigan. I I don't know if he has or not, but is that kind of his stomping grounds in a way? Maybe there's also thoughts he would love to coach Big Ten football. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like that's the big goal. Uh, but again, those are just rumors. I would assume Wisconsin would be the dream job since he's a Wisconsin guy. He was at Whitewater for years, a mm-hmm. long time, and won national championships before he went to Buffalo. But you know, when Mel Tucker lost his job, that was in September, and Lance Leipold was considered a serious candidate for the job. So, old Justin Spiro, who hosts a, a radio show or a podcast covering Michigan State sports, has 17,000 followers, is one thing. He also has as his banner on the artist oh. formerly known as Twitter, Urban to East Lansing. So you know where his loyalties lie. Oh boy! Well, if you know if there was one candidate uh, on on second on the list for most popular, ah. might be Lance Leipold. Yeah. But this is interesting. Sports Illustrated actually released an article a few hours ago um, that said Michigan State has finalized its head coach candidate shortlist, and they are down to four. The shortlist is Lance Leipold. Oregon State's Jonathan Smith, Wake Forest's uh, Dave Clawson, and then Washington State's uh, Jake Dickert. So, uh, you know, take that for what it is. I mean, I remember Chris Kleiman's name being brought up for Michigan State. I remember Matt Campbell was brought up once upon a time. Um, Mike Elko was brought up once upon He's from Duke, was brought up once upon a time. Um, Chip Kelly <laughs> was brought up once upon a time. I I don't have a whole, honestly a whole lot of thoughts. Like I'm just that type of guy. I'm not I'm not a big speculator. I'm just like if it becomes a real thing, hell yeah, let's talk about it. Um, you know, I don't want to be that fan that's like, please go, please leave. KU's too good. <laughs> I don't like this whole being challenged in the old rivalry thing. It's whatever, honestly. But you know, deep down, you can kind of guess how K State fans would feel about the situation. Um, because we're too damn used to dominating. Yeah. Too used to dominating, and it doesn't sound fun. Heading into Lawrence a week from Saturday, and K-State hasn't been that great on the road. When I say not great, they haven't won the big game on the road yet. Outside of Texas Tech, but K-State's had a much tougher road schedule than they have at home. Also have essentially had issues getting woken up on the road, if you will, in that it has taken a while to get going in road games. Texas Tech comes to mind. Texas comes to mind. Last two specifically. Never got going really against Oklahoma State. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You see where I'm going with this. But 
here's my thought. After, you know, whatever Leipold has said about, hey, he and his wife, they plan to be in Lawrence, you know, until it's over, whatever that means. That's great. But I've never once heard Lance Leipold say that he's a Travis Goff guy. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Until I hear that, whatever he says means nothing. It is lackluster compared (laughs) to saying that he's a Travis Goff guy. Dude, we got to get somebody on there. We got to get somebody in the press conference to ask him, are you a Travis Goff guy or not? You can answer the question, please. Uh, I will note this. Clint Cosgrove at Rivals, uh, one of their recruiting guys, notes that sources are telling him that it did not happen, that it is a completely made-up story. I, I leaned that way as well. I, you know, I, it would... I mean, it's, al- it's, it's almost like the KU guy that likes to produce himself sure. as a scoop master. Well, and, you know, nobody else in Michigan State media has reported on yeah, it. Correct. So, Like you said, there's still three weeks left in the season... I know these conversations do happen, but I I don't know why he just cuts me as a guy who wouldn't have that conversation until after the season. Um, but you think Michigan State wants to get it somebody tied down before the season's over? Think they want to make an announcement? No, no. I, I mean, you want no, to get I, in there and start you know start recruiting right away, but um. I think that there is a assessment that is underway with their staff right now and how they feel about where they are with what's on staff and where they potentially want to go. Isn't Michigan State also kind of busy whistleblowing on this they, whole sign stealing thing? They, uh, they are and they aren't. They're they you know, they're yeah. I mean, let let let's bear in mind and and this is the part of that whole story that people continue to forget. As Michigan tries to mount its defense, well, everybody does it. No, they're not sending guys out to other places. To Again, the reason that this even became a thing was because the FBI was snooping around your program because of other issues. Michigan as a, a state just seems insane to me. I don't know. What, every story that comes out of there, if it's not Michigan State or Michigan, everything that comes out of there is just nuts. It's a crazy place to live. And it might be home to landslide. Yeah, and it's really cold. Super Snows cold. a lot. Yeah, right next yeah. to Canada, you know. Like, oh, it stacks weird. up. Yeah, it's, it's weird. weird. The, the last time I was there, it was so stinking humid and hot. That's what you get for having a July wedding in that place. But, you know. Ooh, I, I dodged a bullet. We were supposed to go to Grand Rapids for a wedding up there, but COVID happened. Ah. So, but it was supposed to be like middle of July. And I was like, what's it like in July in Michigan? Humid. <laughs> yeah. Didn't oh, know. yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't Wouldn't have know. guessed. I don't want to get, dude, I'm staying away from Michigan. After, Like I said, after about 10 years of stories coming out of Michigan, I'm done. I'm not going. There. Have you ever been to Michigan? Hell no. Well, I, you know, if you think Michigan's crazy, honestly, the crazier place, thanks to like, it started actually with making a murderer, but it goes way further Whoa, than that. Wisconsin, man. Wisconsin sounds so shady. Dude. <laughs> Manitowoc <laughs> County, dude. I'm going around. I am going around Manitowoc County, dude. They will light you up. All right, we got to take our last break of the hour. Real quick break, and when we come back, I'm finally going to squeeze in that Meet the Wildcats with Khalid Duke. It's next. Duke, favorite athlete growing up? Mike Vick was, was my favorite athlete growing up. Uh, just being from Georgia, 
And, um, yeah, just watching him play was just my favorite athlete. Probably the best Madden athlete ever. Do you have a favorite TV show of all time? Um, Everybody Hates Chris. I don't know if it, yeah, everybody knows that one. Okay. What foreign country do you really want to visit? Haiti. My mom is from Haiti. My family's from Haiti. If you're to cook, what's your favorite thing to cook or anything that you feel that would really impress somebody? I really like to cook oxtail, and I think the process is fun. So, yeah. Uh, so, so if I'm trying to impress anybody, I would probably cook oxtail. Do you have any podcast recommendations? What's the Kelsey's Boys podcast? Um, yeah, that's, that's the one that like I always listen to. And probably like I Am Athlete, too. Do you have a favorite holiday? Fourth of July, maybe just because of fireworks. When you were growing up, was there any way your mom would let you know that you're in big trouble? Yeah, she would, like, say my full name, and she doesn't usually, like, say my full name. So, yeah, I always know I'm in trouble when she says my whole name. All right, and the last question, who's your pick to win the Super Bowl this year? Uh, Man, I got the Bengals to win it. I'm sorry, I don't know about the Chiefs this year, but, yeah, I got the Bengals. All right, Khalid, thanks a lot, and best of luck today. Yep, yes, sir, thank you. I just want to say, so that Bengals um, – prediction i recorded that the week of the semo game i recorded a whole bunch of these week one wow i I probably did four or five and that's where Bengals come from dang and they were not looking good at that point in this i mean well they hadn't played yet but they they yeah they didn't i don't even know how the Bengals doing right now i I know they didn't start well they just beat buffalo they're back that's right i think they're they're in the mix okay yeah they don't run record yeah they've won three or four straight now but it was a rough start it was not good. Hour two of the game coming up here in a few moments. I'm going to give away four tickets to K-State men's basketball taking on Bellarmine Friday night at Bramlage Coliseum for the home opener. And we'll do that at about 535+. plus. We'll have our Baylor preview. Not doing it tomorrow. We're going to do it coming up next. Baylor preview with Ashley Hodge from Sikkim 365. Number one song of the day, Ask Us Anything, is coming up in hour two. And so is your local news. Coming up next, the game. Game coming up next on News Radio KMAN 92.3.